Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello all and welcome to the Nursing It podcast. A podcast where I take you on my nursing after degree school journey. I'm your host, David Larson, and thank you for tuning in and listening. This episode, we will be continuing the Upper GI Tract series uh, with this part two of the Upper GI Tract. And in this episode, we will be talking about what is inferior to the diaphragm. So we will be talking about the peritoneum, the retroperitoneal cavity, as well as the stomach, all in its great glory. This will be a really fun episode, and if you have any questions regarding this podcast episode or anything about any future topics that you would like me to discuss, please feel free to send me an email at nursingitpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com and I'll be happy to answer those for you. Without further ado, let's hop into what is inferior to our diaphragm. So we'll start off with the peritoneum and this is a cavity that is made up of simple squamous epithelial. It secretes serous fluid to keep, which keeps everything moist. It has parietal peritoneum, which is, of course, against the wall of the abdomen and infolds as mesentery. So what mesentery is, is it is something that anchors to the umbilicus or the L2 region of our, of our body. So the abdomen does not fall with gravity. All the organs in our abdomen will be nicely held together by mesentery. It has a double layer of peritoneum that supports the intestines and it also carries lymphatics and blood vessels and nerves which supplies the wall of the intestines. It has serous membrane which is thin and highly vascular and this is used for peritoneal dialysis which is a form of dialysis that actually allows patients who are suffering from some kind of kidney disorder to be able to go home and do dialysis at home. Very, very handy, improves quality of life immensely for patients suffering from kidney disorders. There's also visceral peritoneum, which is around all the organs in the abdomen, like our liver, our stomach, our gallbladder, our pancreas, all that good stuff. So there's what is called the greater omentum, which is a layer of fatty peritoneum. And this helps prevent friction and actually helps localize infections. It attaches from the greater curvature of the stomach to the transverse colon. And then there's the lesser omentum, which suspends the lesser curvature of the stomach to the liver. All this basically helps hold everything in place. Now, there's an inferior part of the peritoneum, and this inferior part includes a broad limit ligament that stretches over the uterus and the fallopian tubes in females. And it actually helps uh, cover the superior surface of the urinary bladder, so that kind of helps guide the anatomy of our abdomen. 
And if you had ascites, which is fluid collection in the peritoneal cavity due to cirrhosis or due to congestive heart failure, that is what is happening. Uh, now I also mentioned about the retroperitoneal cavity. This houses the kidneys, the pancreas, the adrenal gland, the duodenum, the ascending descending colon, and the inferior vena cava. What this, what, why there is the peritoneum keel cavity and the retroperitoneal cavity, it basically helps by keeping organs out of line of infection. So if there's an infection of the peritoneum, the retroperitoneal cavity, and which has the kidneys, the pancreas, the adrenal gland, it helps separate it to help keep infections away from as many things as possible. Very, very cool stuff. Now let's hop into a very, very fun organ, the stomach. Now, we all know what the stomach does, and we've all had a full stomach, an empty stomach, everything to do with the stomach. It's a very, very fun organ. Uh, now let's just delve into some things you might not know about the organ. It is made of simple columnar epithelium, and it has circular, longitudinal, and oblique muscle layers, which helps, of course, manipulate and churn our food. It holds one to four liters of food at a time, and it retains that food for two to six hours. Now, I know that some of you may have seen the viral trends of people drinking an entire four liter thing of milk and getting very, very sick and vomiting up. It's because the stomach can't really hold that much. Four liters is the top range of how much we can hold in our, in our stomach, just to keep in mind. No, I would not recommend anyone drink an entire four liter of milk. Just don't do it. So there's, now let's get into a little bit more anatomy of the stomach. There's the cardiac orifice, which is the opening from the esophagus to the stomach. There's the fundus of the stomach, which is domed. Uh, that's basically the upper region of the stomach. And you can actually get a hernia of the fundus through the diaphragm, which we'll talk about later. There's the pylori antrum, which is the interior part of the stomach. Uh, there's a term called chyme, which is a mixture of partially digested food and it includes a pH of 2. Now, such a low pH uh, is due to high, high HCl or hydrogen chloride acid. Very, very acidic and is needed for us to digest our food. And HCl, well, I'll tell you a little bit later on, is is excreted by a gland with the stomach. Hydrochloric acid. There's the pyloric sphincter, which allows three milliliters of chyme three at a time, and the pyloric sphincter attaches from the stomach into the duodenum. Only three milliliters at a time. There's gastric rugae, which are ridges allowing the stomach to expand, increasing the surface area of the stomach. And that's the basic anatomy of it. In regards of hormones, there's actually a gastrin hormone, which is released when food enters the stomach by the vagus nerve or cranial nerve 10. And this is stimulates, the gastrin will stimulate parietal and chief cells. So parietal and chief cells are very, very important for the stomach. 
parietal cells are what make HCl, or hydrochloric acid. It denatures proteins and breaks down plant cell wells. It also kills bacteria. And it is also an intrinsic factor, meaning it helps absorb vitamin B12 in the ileum. Vitamin B12 is needed for erythrocyte maturation uh, in erythropoiesis. If you do not have this intrinsic factor, you can actually get perniscous anemia or macrocytic anemia. We'll talk more about that later when we get into the blood portion of anatomy and physiology. Uh, now, basically, aging, gastrectomies, bariatric surgery, these can decrease parietal cells and actually lead to this kind of anemia. Chief cells make pepsinogen, which turns, which is activated and turned into pepsin. This helps digest proteins. There are also goblet cells which make mucus. Now mucus is needed to help protect the stomach from all the acid that is, it is excreting. It is replaced every three to six days to help keep the stomach healthy and safe. Now, some pathology that the stomach could have includes, of course, hiatal hernia. And that is where the fundus is elevated and protrudes through the hiatus in the diaphragm. Now, this is caused by a weakness in the diaphragm due to aging or if you have increased abdominal pressure. Not good. This needs to be surgically fixed. You could also get a peptic ulcer, which we'll talk a little bit more when we go into pathophysiology. But basically, the main culprit for peptic ulcers is Helicobacter pylori or H. pylori bacteria. And what these little critters do, which by the way, they love acidic uh, environments, so they survive quite well in a pH of two or less. Um, what they do is they cause the mucus producing cells to not function. This causes a breakdown in the tight junctions between cells and the lining is eroded and this causes an ulcer. Alcohol and smoking can also cause a peptic ulcer because it increases the release of stomach acid by two times. Alcohol, as well as aspirin, can also break down the mucosal layer, of course, leading to the degradation of the tight junctions between the cells, leading to an ulcer formation. Ulcers can erode blood vessels, which can cause hemorrhaging or even leaking of stomach contents, which can cause peritonitis. Horrible stuff. So let's move back a little bit, take a step back, and talk about a very important nerve in terms for the stomach, and that's the vagus nerve, which is um, cranial nerve 10, also known as a parasympathetic nerve. And like I said, it stimulates the gastric gland to secrete acid. Now, what could happen is you can get a vagotomy by accident, which is a cut of the vagus nerve to the stomach. Now, this can either be done accidentally, for example, if some, due to a surgery that's done, like a thyroidectomy or something like that, 
can accidentally cut that nerve. Or if you have severe ulcers in your stomach, they'll actually go in and do a vagotomy to cut the vagus nerve to help to prevent the continual release of these gastric acids and secretions. Now, something very, very cool that some of you might not know is there are actually reflexes in regards to our stomach and abdomen in general. And there are four of them that encourage stool and food to actually move through the digestive system. And I'll talk about all these four right now. So there's the gastroileal reflex. This is where food into the stomach causes peristaltic waves in the ileum. And this will relax the ileocecal valve. So just food coming in the stomach will encourage that. There's the gastrocolic reflex, where food in the stomach causes peristaltic waves in the colon. This encourages defecation. Just food in the stomach. You just eating. Where some of you might experience this after you drink a cup of coffee or you have your morning breakfast and you have to use the restroom in the morning. There's orthocolic reflex, which just is caused by being upright, so you walking around, causing peristaltic waves in the colon to encourage defecation. And then there's the entrogastric reflex, where chyme entering the duodenum causes excretions to stop in the stomach. Obviously very important to prevent ulcer formation. If you don't need stomach acid to be excreted, you shouldn't be excreting it. And then there's the vomiting reflex. This is stimulated by the vomiting center in the medulla in our brain and is controlled by cranial nerves 10, 5, 7, 9, and 12. And this could be encouraged due to a smell, pain, irritation, digestive tract, that kind of stuff. So we kind of touched on some gastric enzymes a little bit earlier, but here are three that you should know about. There's pepsinogen, which we mentioned is released by chief cells. Pepsinogen turns to pepsin, which will allow the breakdown of proteins. Uh, there's gastric lipase. This acts on butter fats and any other lipase. Um, the only other lipase that we will talk about is with the pancreas. We'll talk about that later on. There's renin as well, which in babies is a milk curdling enzyme to help slow digestion. And that, folks, is all that I have to talk to you about for the upper GI tract. This will be part two of the series and the end of the series for that. On the next episode, we will hop into the lower GI tract and start talking about the small and large intestines. I hope to see you all there, and I hope you got a lot from this episode. Again, if you have any questions or ideas for future topics that you'd like me to talk about, reach out to me at nursingitpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to help you. Until then, please make sure to take care of yourself and others, and I'll talk to you again later. Thank you again. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.